Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. God, I come before you. I thank you. I'm able to to speak, to preach. I thank you that you gave me a message. Uh, I thank you for amazing worship that we're able to connect with you, learn from you, and just, just embrace your love, God. I pray that this message goes well with them. It falls on fertile soil. I pray that um, I'm able to communicate it uh, clearly and that uh, it just goes well. Thank you. Amen. So, I don't know about y'all, but I really loved worship whenever we started praying for everybody. It, and then it, I just kind of had this little word from God, like, we are like the epitome of like union and unity in a community. And I just want to encourage you guys, like, keep going, like, keep doing that. Like, make friends and kind of do that. I mean, I don't know. But uh, whenever we're praying for everybody, is my mic going out? Okay. Uh, I just felt that we're stronger together. Like, there's no lone wolves in Christianity. So, like, promote unity. Like, the world right now is really sucking at unity. Like, it's really bad. Oh, I, I curse. No. But uh, we're doing so bad in the world today that, like, we're not promoting unity at all. Union, like, in Virginia and all that. Uh, there's no unity. It's all, like, we're just trying to be extremely, like, like, tensions are rising. Man, I don't, I don't know why it's so, like, I mean, obviously it's demonic. First of all, like, there's no one person better than the other because, I mean, without Christ, like, we're all going to hell. Whoa. <laughs> he just said, he just said hell. No, seriously, without Christ, you're not going to heaven. Like, there's no way for you to go to heaven. Like, I don't care if you're white or black or Mexican, Hispanic, Latino. I don't care. Like, if you don't have Christ, there's no way you're going to have perfect unity. Because, man, if you don't like another color, just wait for heaven. Like, it's going to be, like, colors everywhere. And you're like, man, I wish I didn't sign up for this. But, uh... That's a good point. <laughs> uh, so that I just got on that little tangent uh, just because it fired me up. That's not even what I'm preaching on, but it is on unity. So, I mean, that works. Uh, title of the message is Friendly Fire. Simmer on that. Uh, I used to play video games, still do. Uh, I'm not mature enough to not. Uh, but I would play like Halo, Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, and I'd play with my brothers, and I was always like the one that had the smaller screen, like player three. It was the worst. I was, I'd get so mad, and I was an angry kid too. So, and they would always screen watch, like screen peek, you, like you know that? Like, I don't know, like a lot of you play video games, but I'd get so mad, like I want to just throw the controller at the screen, at them, like at my parents, like anybody that's around in the room, and get punished, I don't know. 
but I would, I would hit that point where I'd get so mad. And what would, man, what would make me so mad is whenever I'm on their team and they shoot me and kill me. I just walk around like that, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm playing the game with you. Like, we're going to lose. Like, that's a point against our team. Like, ready to just, like, I, I mean, I really did punch them a lot. Like, I knocked a tooth out before. But, I mean, that's, that's BC. But uh, I was raised in church. Do the math. Uh, so, I mean, I would grab, I even used the controller as a weapon at one point. Like, I grabbed the chair I was sitting in, hit, hit him with it. Like, I'd get so mad because, like, the goal is to win the game. And I was competitive with video games, not as anything else I didn't really care. But video games, I was really, compa- like, really passionate about, like, no, I'm, we're going to win. And if you kill me, I will literally kill you. <laughs> so, like, I'd be like, friendly fire. Like, stop. I'd get so mad about that. And, I mean, it's a legitimate thing today in the, in the military. Friendly fire is like, happens. So uh, I'm like, you know what? Oh, you got a little logo. All right. Um, not really a logo. It's just words. <laughs> uh, friendly fire means firing towards friendly forces while attempting to engage enemy forces typically ending in injury or death. And I'm like, oh. Like, okay. Uh, And like the world today, when you think of friendly fire, like usually you think of military shooting some guy whenever you're trying to shoot somebody else. Uh, But I'm like, man, let's, let's take that into a spiritual realm and like physical application, if that makes sense. Uh, What does that look like? And your life. And like friendly fire, so you have your friends and you have your enemies. Who, who, what is, who's your friends? Anyone like around you right now? Like your friends, like your, your acquaintances, like anyone in this room would be your friend. Like, because they're not like, they don't have a gun to your head. Like they're not your enemy. And like your enemy... And your terms would probably be anyone that would cause harm against me, anyone that would try to do my family harm, anyone that talked negatively about me, anyone that, like, said, oh, oh, no, she didn't. Like, I know she didn't say that. Like, all right, I see you. I'm going to message you and then see if you answer it. If you don't answer it, I see you like somebody's uh, Instagram post. I know you saw my message. And then those are your enemies. Like, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't like them. (laughs) Why? They didn't like my picture. She ain't my friend no more. She my enemy. Like, you have a list. You're like, uh-uh. Oh, you like my picture? You're my friend now? Like, I know those people. Like, you're probably one of those people. I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, so what does friendly fire look like? Uh, I assumed it and said, man, sometimes it looks like gossip against one of your friends. Slander, which is really verbal, uh, lies about somebody else. Uh, Judging, making fun of somebody, ostracizing someone. So let's say you have this one guy that's 
not as cool as you and your posse. And I mean, you're not that cool either. So whenever you have somebody right there, I mean, you're all weird. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, you're so weird. Like, I'm weird. I was the one that was ostracized. No, but you have someone right here that's not as cool as you, not in your posse. So whenever you, like, let's see, you're, you're standing in a group. I want to give you some physical representation of what that looks like. You have a gap right here. Someone comes up to talk. And you stand in front of them whenever you're in your whenever you're in your conversation. That's ostracizing someone. That's making them feel less. Like, oh, you're not you're not welcome into this. That's friendly fire. They're not your enemy. The weird guy is not your enemy. You're a weird one. He's your friend. And I figured, <laughs> who could be the, like, the biggest culprit of like, offending somebody and judging them at the same time? And I'm like, Christians, that's what gets people away from the church, away from Christ, is the way you treat someone else. It's not Christ the one that draws people away. He's the one that welcomes them in. Sometimes it's you the one that drawing people away. I was one of those people. I would bully people. Like, I'd make fun of them, like, a lot when I was younger. And I have friends in here that said, yeah, he did. And, like, I regret it so much. Like, how, like, and I was, I was really, like, I cried before God. I'm like, I was so rude to people. And I'd go into 412 or whatever I was fusion and just raise my hands and worship and be like, God, forgive me for what I did right here, right here, right here. And then like two or three years later, I'm like, I was so mean then. Like I caused so much like rejection in some people. I wounded so many people, yet I would get so angry if someone gave me a wound, if someone made me feel rejected. Like simmer on that. Like I wounded so many people, didn't care, but as soon as I get wounded, then I'm like, all right, avenge me, Lord. Like, smite them. Like, whenever Pastor Brady was talking about, like, the person's like, I'm going to pray for y'all. Like, I'm like, smite them, Lord. Like, I was like that. I really said that. It was wrong, but I said it. Still didn't happen, though. Christians sometimes are like double-edged swords. They could, they could do so much good, and they can do so much, like, damage. You want to know why? It's because the church is a house of the broken. So whenever you get vulnerable, someone can just take a jab at you because you leave yourself vulnerable. And what does that happen? Whenever you get wounded, you close yourself up. Like, no one's going to do anything to me anymore. No one's going to do anything. And then you do that with God. So friendly fire, whenever, you know, physical application. When you go in for a hug, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. Like, all of this is your vital organs. You're not 
I mean, the church side hugs like. <laughs> but whenever you open your arms, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. And that's what the church is, is welcoming and embracing. So in order for you to do your part, going way ahead, I'm really just spitting it out. But you're, it, the church is supposed to be vulnerable. And if you jab at somebody and cause a wound, it's going to close him up. It's convicting. Because you might be the reason that somebody stops going to church. Like I said that. I never heard anyone tell me that before. The way you treat somebody could affect their eternity. Like your words have power. Like you call someone stupid for so long, they'll think they're stupid. They may not have a stronger back and let it roll off than you do. So like having friendly fire, you may think that you're like, oh, like I serve God, I'm fighting the enemy. But really you're like shooting yourself because we are the body of Christ. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. Y'all didn't know I was going to get serious. Uh, Friendly fire. Uh, In Mark 9, verse 38 and 39, it says, Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop, because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Earlier in that chapter, in that timeline, uh, they just saw Jesus uh, in the transfiguration, which means, I don't know if y'all read read that, but uh, it's right before, it's whenever Jesus uh, was on the mountain and there was like three or four of the disciples right there and he was getting uh, ministered to whenever they saw him in his full glory. Uh, so it was a treat for the disciples that saw that. Like, it was like, whoa, I just saw like full out glory. Like he was wide as like, lot of snow. So like going that down from that, the disciples, they go down and, and there is a, uh, some, somebody that the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of. So they needed Jesus to do that. And, uh, like fast forward, I think, I don't know what day, I don't know the timeline. No one really does, but it, they get to the point where they're walking along. And the same disciple that saw the transfiguration says, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. So they get to the point where, like, man, we saw a transfiguration. We saw God in his full glory. Like, we're so good that he wanted us to see that. And then they go down, and they couldn't cast the demon out. So they're like, oh, I got humbled. Like, after they were full, full of pride. And then they go and they see someone doing what they couldn't do, let's cast a demon out, and they go to Jesus like, can we tell him to stop? Like, let's go tell him to stop. They could, like, what is he doing? Like, it's, it's, he's like, is it in my name? They're like, yeah. Like, what you doing? So <laughs> it's purely out of jealousy. Like, I'd probably do the same thing. Like, 
yeah, I can do this. And then I see someone and be like, stop. <laughs> stop. You're doing what I couldn't do. The comparison. Like, we were the body of Christ. They didn't understand that yet. They didn't have the Bible. Like, they still had, like, the flesh. I still have the flesh. The flesh, it sounds weird. The sin nature, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're, they're so used to comparison that whenever they saw someone doing that they couldn't do, they wanted to attack it. They wanted to fire at it. They wanted to pull the trigger on it and, like, cut it out. So they saw an enemy where there was a friend. They saw an enemy where there was none. And I started to think about, like, do we do that? Like, do we get so jealous because some people can do things better than we can? Like, get some people can sing better than us, definitely better than me. Some people can dance better than us, like do school better than us, like get better grades than I can. And those that choose to diminish, that we choose to diminish their gifting or attack them with our words. So anyone that can, lost my train of thought, it's okay. So anyone that can do things better than us, we want to attack it. Anyone that can say like, oh, uh, I can sing better than you. Like that means that gives me a superiority over the you. It doesn't. In the Bible, it says like, "What can the foot do without the hand? What can the head do without the the thigh? Whatever you want to say." Like I can't. Like we're all important. Like we're all important. And as soon as you think that you're more important than somebody else, like, dude, God's gonna drop you. <laughs> like, poof, like. Drop you down to size. No, he's not going to smite you or anything. But he's going to humble you. Just like he humbled the disciples whenever they tried to cast out that demon and he couldn't. Try to teach him a lesson whenever they, they wanted to point out everybody else and say like, oh, they're doing what I couldn't do. Let's, let's attack them. God's saying like, oh, don't do that. Like they're for us. Like they're not the enemy. The demon was the enemy. That demonic like possession was the enemy. Like, I remember Brother Francis, he would always used to say as like advice, like whenever you're dealing with like ministry or something like that, he's like, one thing you need to know, people are not your enemy. Think about it. Like, the guy curses you out, he's not your enemy. The guy talks about your mom, he's not your enemy. The girl talks about your boyfriend, your girlfriend. I don't, I don't care. They're not your enemy. When someone's like in your face like, F you. That guy is not your enemy. You want to know why? Because like God loves them. Like Christ died for every single person in this world. And like if we start making them enemies... It's going to be harder to witness to them. Like if we start targeting them like, you're the reason why I'm having a bad day. It's not like the demonic oppression. It's like the spirits all around like, oh, he's captivated in that person. Let me like, it's you. You're the, you're the problem in my life. 
Like sometimes you, you just struggle. Sometimes you're going to have a bad day and you want to blame somebody. Like pray. <laughs> there are spirits in this, like in the world that we don't even see. And I have a scripture coming up about that. But uh, churches split and like denominations are made because of friendly fire. Like whole churches divide because someone was wronged. And then they go and tell everybody else. They're like, oh, did you hear what this person said? And they just started jab at people. Like their closest friends turn on them. It happens. It still happens. I, I, like I know a story of a, of a friend of mine who their dad was a, a pastor. It was not, not, nothing associated with family life. But uh, she would, her dad did something, and it split almost the like, congregation in half. And all of her friends were on the other side and started to hate her because their parents told them to hate her. So she had no friends because of the jab. Because of the friendly fire, it caused her to turn away from Christ. Instead of the church being people that try to house the broken, we kick them. I'm not saying this is like every time. I'm not trying to like just be like downplay and like try to depress y'all. But it's kind of like an awakening. Like think about what you're saying and doing to people. Because I don't even sometimes. And I'm like, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And uh, you get to the point whenever you realize just how impactful it is, whenever you get to like like little children, like they wear their hearts on their sleeves sometimes. So if they say something mean, it like they start crying. Like, and then whenever you become adult, you understand like, oh, I'm not supposed, I'm not supposed to cry when someone's cursing me out. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that you're going to go out and curse somebody out, but you hurt people. Like you get wounded and you wound people sometimes. It's in- inevitable. I've wounded people and I've been wounded. It's life. Christ has been wounded. When you think about that, you're like, not physically, but like emotionally. Like the people, I don't know, I'll get to that, but. He's been wounded. So like whenever you think about that, like watch your words. Like watch what you say to people. Like your friends, your family. Like like your mom, your dad. Like it hurts people whenever you use like your emotions to govern your tongue. So... Uh, even worse is whenever someone like makes a mistake or someone like messes up, sins. And instead of like being the person that tries to walk with them to like the point wherever they have victory over it, you condemn them and say like, you need to get your life right, but offer no assistance, but offer no help. And then you condemn every other person who tries to help that person. 
That's what causes friendly fire. It's the fear of of thinking that people think that you're a sinner because you try to help someone else. Like, people thought Christ was a sinner. People thought that he was, like, lower than a dog because he tried to help people. He would touch lepers, try to make them whole. And sometimes people are going to think that you're a sinner because you try to help somebody. It's the name of the game. Is that whenever you try to help, there's always going to be that one person, that religious person, be like, hmm, I see you over there. Like, I'm going to tell you mama. Like, always going to be that person. Like, are you going to have so much uh, fear that you're going to let someone else's, like, opinion of you dictate how you treat someone? Sometimes we act like no better than a Pharisee when it comes to dealing with people with sin. And what's even worse is that sometimes it's our friends and not even a stranger. That instead of, like the woman caught in adultery, sometimes it's not the religious leaders and the, and the people that don't matter to that, to that, like the woman that committed adultery. Like those, those Pharisees don't matter at all. Like they didn't cross paths, probably if they were doing something bad too, but they didn't cross paths. Pass, not bass. That whenever they were bringing them out, instead of like today's society, the friends and the family members are the ones dragging her out, saying, Judge her, and like ready to throw some stones, like waiting for everybody else too. And if they see someone try to like help her out, they want to throw them in there too. Like, all right, everybody's going to group, firing squad, ready? Like, I'm, I'm joking around a lot, but it's serious because it happens. It happens in every church, every family. It's serious. Like, we get so, and, and it's funny because you see in almost every movie and every, like, it's just like the human heart, whenever you get scared, it's the fight or flight. So you're either going to abandon the person in sin or you're going to try to throw a stone. You're going to try to make like be like, uh-uh, that's not going to happen in my life. That's going to happen in my family's life. So you want to wound them even more when they already feel shame and guilt because of their original sin. I get some water. Uh, two main ways we get involved in friendly fire is that there's a lack of communication and not identifying the true enemy. So let, let's like touch on the lack of communication. Uh, lack of communication produces assumptions, and those assumptions produce action. So you see somebody trying to help the person that's sinned, maybe messed up. So you 
not, not communicating with this person, make an assumption, oh, they're in the same sin. So what is your action? Like, oh, let's ostracize those two people and anyone that tries to like help them out, it looks like they're condoning sin. So that lack of communication causes friendly fire, causes wounds. And then, uh, I kind of touched on this earlier, but not identifying the true enemy. As I said before, no one in this room is your enemy. Like, look around, all of you, because all of you are looking around right now laughing. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that means, think of the person like you like the, the least in this world. Just close your eyes. Everybody, stop talking to everybody. Keep your eyes closed. Think about it. Now think of the person you like the most in this world. Be mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend. Keep your eyes closed. Now, have a self-image, what, what you think you look like. Keep your eyes closed. All right, you can open them. All three people, God loves the same. And if we're supposed to love like God loved, his, his first command was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second one was love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't love that person that you thought of first, the one that you dislike the most, then you're doing something wrong. I have people that I don't like. I have people that I like. There's point in times whenever hate and anger would rise up in me. And you got to realize that they are not your enemy. The people that anger you are not your enemy. The devil has been around for a long time, so he's going to find people that you don't mesh with, that can make you mad, so you don't like them, and you don't get closer to God. Because like you can only get as close to God as the person you like the least. Like think of that person that you like the least. How much do you not like them? That's as close as you are as the God. Man, that hurts. Didn't want to say that. Are y'all swallowing that? It's a hard pill. Think about it. 
the person you like the least, the one you just thought of, God loves the same as you. And you're probably one of those people that someone likes the least. Think about that. (laughs) They probably pray that you get smitten. (laughs) You're no better than the person you like the least. Like, we all need Christ. Everybody stand up. You can turn off the lights. All right, pay attention, guys. Everyone in here has at one point attacked their friend, wounded their friend. Everyone in here has at one point been attacked by their friend and has been wounded by someone. Jesus has experienced the same wounds, the same betrayal that you may have felt. Someone that he's been with for three years, day in and day out, shared life with two people, abandoned them. There was more than that, but two people that he was close to abandoned him. One denied him three times whenever he was being put on trial. The other one sold him, told him, told him where his location was to put him on trial. He understands greatly how you feel when someone talks bad about you. When someone talks behind your back, when someone may have done you wrong in a certain way, whether it's a a family member doing something to you. He was murdered by the people that praised him. A gruesome death. Everybody close your eyes. See, God God is in this room because we asked Him to be in this room. He's all around us. He's in you. If you accepted Him, He's inside of you. He's in your heart. But there's, there's still a truth that if you aren't treating your brother or your sister in Christ, the way God treats you, and there's something wrong. There's something wrong because you evidently don't know the love of God if you consistently betray, manipulate, and fight against your friends, against your family. 
And God wants you to know that there's always redemption. Because the one that that denied him three times, Jesus visited him and, and got redemption. And he became one of the leaders of the church after denying his existence, after denying that he doesn't know him, after being with him for three years, probably three and a half. And the other one just gave up when he realized that what he did to Jesus, he gave up. He didn't realize that there was redemption. I want to tell you guys, I don't care what you did to somebody. I don't care what what you think you can never be forgiven for. Because he always forgives. He always welcomes you back. Always. As long as you're still breathing, there is time to get right. There is time to ask for forgiveness, for repentance, for have a genuine heart change. And whenever you get to the point, whenever you realize the impact that your words, that your actions and your heart has on people and has on your relationship with God, that you're willing to sacrifice your emotions and crucify your, your heart, crucify your heart, your emotions, your will. That whenever someone comes and they talk bad about you, you pray for them. Your initial reaction isn't to, to escalate it, isn't to say if they come and curse at you, you want to fight them. That's not God's way. That's not Jesus' way. That whenever a girl uh, gossips about you, you want to spread another rumor about them to combat that, to retaliate. That's not the Christian way. That's not what Christ would do. 90s, what would Jesus do? Not that. So I encourage each and every single one of you to repent, to have a genuine heart change. Can I get leaders up? There's two things that I want to touch on. You've either been hurt or you've hurted someone. And you probably could tell more times where you were hurt. So I'm going to have this altar open. I'm going to close this out. But I want you, each and every single one of you, when I pray, think about those two things. Who have I hurt? And who have I been hurt by? And I want you to come up to the altar, speak with a leader. We'll talk you through it.
will pray for you. But that's the thing that causes disunity is friendly fire. So I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that I was able to deliver the message. I was it. I thank you that you took over the message, Lord. That you you wanted to touch on things that I didn't know you wanted to. That you wanted to point out my heart and everyone else's heart. I pray that we get healing for wounds that have been made by friends. That we come up to the altar ready to sacrifice. Ready to sacrifice our hurt and our bitterness. God, I pray that each student thinks about who they have wronged. That we go to that person and ask for forgiveness. That we go to that person. It says in the Bible, if, if anyone has wronged you or if you've wronged anyone, to go to that person before you make your sacrifice, before you make that, that time with the Lord. Maybe that person isn't here. Maybe you just have to do it within your heart and then talk to the person. Maybe whenever you've been wounded, that you have to make that, that decision to forgive the person. And I'm not one to throw a blanket of forgiveness. Maybe it's happened yesterday and you still have to process it. But I know there's a certain time and a heart change that you can ask for forgiveness and you can forgive. So God, I thank you so much that these people are in this room. I pray that if that it fall on fertile soil, that whenever they go home, they think about it, the impact of their words. God, and we tread lightly whenever it comes to our emotions. God, I thank you so much. I pray for every single person in this room that they'd be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.